Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Is there anything better than the feeling of winning? It's that euphoric kind of feeling that comes from hearing your name called because you've won something. Maybe it's the award at school or the soccer tournament. Maybe it's a promotion or a grant or the election or the World Series. To be labeled the best at something puts you in a class above. It gives you an ego boost and the clout and the sheer joy to ride high for weeks, perhaps. We all want to be part of the winning team, the successful business, the growing church. We all want to be winners. But I wonder what it looks like to win. What does it look like for a people of faith today to be winners. If there's anyone in the world who knows what it feels like to win, it's Simone Biles, the top gymnast in the world, the GOAT, right, the greatest of all time. She has not one but four gymnastics moves named after her in three separate events because she can literally do things that no other gymnast in the world can do. She's born the title of world champion, and she knows exactly how heavy an Olympic medal is around her neck because she has seven of them. But we all know the saga of her Olympic experience in Tokyo. She trained for a year longer than expected because of the pandemic. She'd been in the center of a painful sexual abuse trial with U U.S. Gymnastics and its former team doctor, Larry Nasser. She was under incredible pressure to perform. And upon arrival at the Olympics, a case of the twisties, the gymnastics version of blindness, left her disoriented and unable to square herself in the air. And so she did what winners do. She chose to win. Not by pressing through the pain at the risk of permanent injury, but by choosing her life, her health, her mental health, her wholeness. She had an incredible resume and was on the greatest stage of the world, and she gave up winning gold so that she could redefine what winning even looks like. As far as we can tell, Paul was no gymnast. Despite his running references in Scripture, we don't even know that he was a runner or an athlete of any kind. But Paul seemed to share something with Simone Biles, an understanding of what it means to win. He starts out in this morning's Scripture boldly counting off his esteemed resume as a person of faith. If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more, he says. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He has all the pedigree and the zeal 
to be considered the best. If Time Magazine did a cover featuring the greatest evangelist, he would be right up there next to Billy Graham. He knew how to check things off the list that the church, especially Jewish Christians in the first century, would have seen as a status symbol of winners. And then he pulls a Simone Biles, and he says, whatever gains I had, I have come to regard all of it as loss because of Christ. He would give up all of those markers of success for the sake of Jesus. Preacher Fred Craddock writes, Paul doesn't list off his credentials and then throw them away as if they're unimportant. He doesn't toss away junk to gain Christ. He puts aside everything that has tremendous value to him. He's willing to give up the things that have defined him in the community that have been markers of his success because in Jesus Christ he has found life, new life, resurrected life. He's found hope where there was reason to despair. He's found grace when we should have expected judgment. He's found love when condemnation would have been a reasonable response. What Paul is saying is that Christ surpasses everything of worth to him. So what does it look like to win? For Paul, it looks like choosing to know Jesus in a way that helps us to experience life and life abundant. It means not allowing worldly standards of, standards of success to be the ways that we measure our worth to one another or to God, whether that's money or status or power or even righteous living according to the law. The Christian life should not be seen as a path of self-improvement or as some kind of upward mobility religiously. It's not about becoming the best Christian. Instead, giving ourselves up to God is total trust, that we have no claims, we seek no advantage, but in service to one another, we leave our status before God entirely in God's hands. Leaving our status entirely in God's hands isn't something we're especially accustomed to doing. We like to know where we're positioned in the world. We want to be seen as successful. We want to be part of a community that's thriving. And here's the thing. By all accounts, Morningside Presbyterian has much to celebrate throughout its history and even in these trying last 18 months. If we were to outline our resume like Paul began, we could surely make ourselves look good. As for legacy, we're nearing a hundred years of witness to Jesus Christ. As for engagement, we've found an abundance of creative ways to stay connected throughout the last year. As for growth, we've baptized 10 babies and added new members during a pandemic. As for staff, my team is second to none. As for facilities, we have sacred space and community space and outdoor space that enables us to be a church right here in this neighborhood. As for technology, a lot of churches have paid tens of thousands of dollars for what our volunteers can do. 
As for faith formation, we've got Bible studies and book groups and Sunday school and Zoom options galore. In so many ways, we could say if you want to join a winning church, this is it. But all of those things count for loss, if not for Christ. Paul is reminding us today that it is by the grace of God that any of those things I just named were possible. It is by grace that you and I are here today. It is by grace that any of us will fill out a pledge card. To give to this church is about more than obligation. To give to the church doesn't give you any kind of award. We were not publishing anyone's pledge. You don't get a gold star for giving the most. But what does it look like to win? For Paul, it's to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings to become like Christ to one another. As much as we all want to join a winning church, it isn't actually any of those markers I just listed off that are the reasons you tell me you join or the reasons that you stay. When new members join the church, they rarely ask me the size of the budget, but they do want to know if this is a place they can belong, that they can be loved by God and others, that they can have a place to give of themselves. What does it look like to win at Morningside? To be a part of the Christian life here is to experience the hospitality of strangers who become family. As much as my ego would love that you're here because of me, most of you have joined the church and stay at the church because a greeter or a fellow preschool parent or a choir member or someone you sat next to in the pew was the face of Christ for you. To be a part of the Christian life here is to walk alongside one another in times of grief and suffering, becoming like Christ to each other in the form of flower deliveries and meals and prayers and phone calls and visits and hugs in the narthex. To be part of the Christian life here is to know the power of resurrection. In chapters of, of this church's life, when death seemed near, in seasons like the pandemic, when we wondered if we would ever be allowed to be in this space again, this body of Christ can share story after story after story of the countless ways that God continues to breathe new life into each of us. To be part of the Christian life here is to watch our young people learn about Jesus and the stories of their faith, and then to see Christ come to life in the way that they are loved and nurtured and cared for by this community even to the point of wearing masks on their behalf. To be part of the Christian life here is to acknowledge that we do not exist for ourselves, but to show the love of Christ to the world through meal deliveries with Meals on Wheels and ICM and tutoring and mission trips and work days. To be part of the Christian life here is to be part of the beauty and artistry of God's creation in talented music lifted high that delights and glorifies God. What does it look like to win? Paul says it best. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of Christ Jesus. To win is to press onward toward a prize, 
And that prize is not a, tr a trophy, but a call, the call of Christ to one another as community. We give and live and serve in grateful response for all that Christ has done for us. We give and live and serve to embody Christ's call to love God and neighbor so radically that it could transform the world. Paul doesn't use the language of a race by mistake. He knows that it will take our heart and our sweat and our breath and our tears. It will take our sacrifice and our dollars and our willingness to roll up our sleeves. But at the end of the day, to win is to choose life, resurrected life, life together in Christ. One of the rituals that developed in my house during the pandemic was the advent of Friday pizza and movie night. It is both an opportunity to have a shared family commitment each week and the survival tactic of very exhausted parents. But as a result, Waite and I have joyfully watched, and by that I mean suffered as with Christ through, the Pixar feature film Cars about 40 times now. For those of you who have seen the movie, you know that Lightning McQueen, the red race car who has a fast motor and an oversized ego, is competing for the Piston Cup. And winning is not just about winning the cup, but also about becoming the new face of Dynaco with ad deals and fame and girl sports cars fawning over him. And Lightning McQueen wants to win. By poor circumstance, on his route to the final race, he lands himself in the small sleeper town of Radiator Springs, off Route 66, where this ragtag bunch of small town cars show him a love and kindness and grace that he in no way deserves. When he finally arrives for the Piston Cup race, McQueen battles it out with the green car, the one Jack refers to as the mean one, and the blue car, who is the current face of Dynaco and in the final race of his career. In the final lap, McQueen passes both of them, and he is in line to win the race. And the green car rams the blue car off the track, sending him spinning off into the lawn. This is high-quality Pixar drama, folks. But McQueen, suddenly remembering a lesson he has learned from Doc, a former race car and local judge in Radiator Springs, hits the brakes just shy of the finish line. And the green car zooms past and wins the Piston Cup, but McQueen puts himself in reverse and goes back to push the Dynaco blue car across the line for his final race of his career knowing full well that Lightning McQueen had given up the Piston Cup and likely the sponsorship he wanted so much as well. After the race, the head sponsor of Dynaco calls Lightning McQueen over and he says in his kind of southern drawl that I will do poorly, son, that was some real racing out there. How'd you like to be the new face of Dynaco? And Lightning McQueen looks at him and says, but I didn't win. And the boss says, Lightning, there's a lot more to racing than winning. 
What does it look like to win? Maybe it's about redefining what it means to win altogether. Maybe it's not about winning after all, but remembering why we're here in the first place. Maybe it's about the character of the race that all of us choose to be a part of together. Maybe it's about how we press on toward the goal of the heavenly prize of Christ Jesus. Maybe it's about whether we'll step forward in faith together in the coming year, no matter the size of your pledge. Maybe it's how we choose life, abundant life, life together, where the grace and mercy and love of Jesus is what we strive to show one another each time we gather. Maybe it's about the way we continue to journey together so that others can experience the love of God made known in Jesus Christ our Lord. And if it is, then maybe, just maybe, we've already won. But I know this for sure. Winning requires that we participate in the race. Are you ready to step forward in faith? Amen.